Okay, let's get started with Parsha's Bo, Tavshin, Pei. Scheduling note, I'm not going to be able to give a shir next week. I'll be traveling. So, Be'ez HaShem, we'll pick up uh, the following week. Be'ez HaShem, I hope, uh, land on Tuesday. So, I hope Be'ez HaShem Wednesday we'll be able to have the, uh, the shir. But uh, next week, uh, B'Shalach, uh, we'll have to listen. Please feel free the first uh, 10 years' worth uh, online. Hopefully, the Torah doesn't get stale. And Be'ez HaShem, uh, enjoy. Uh, but tonight, we have Parsha's Bo, and we start... As we know, the three, the triumvirate, the Parshias of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Kriyas Yamsuf, and Matan Torah. Coming up, Bo, Bishalach, and Yisro, right in front of us as we are in the exciting national Parshio. So we start off really with the end of the Parsha, and then we'll get back to the beginning of the Parsha. Just one small thought. At the end of Parsha's bow, we know we have the Parsha of Tefillin. Parsha Tefillin, two of the Parshios of Tefillin, Kadesh Likol Bachar, as the... Uh, <coughs> The last uh, parak of the of the uh, parsha tells us we have to sanctify every bechar. It's not only tefillin; we, it has the tefillin in it, but it has a lot of other mitzvos as well. Hashem says to Moshe, uh, "Sanctifying the bechar." The mitzvah pidyon aben is learned down from a pasuk later on in Sefer Bamidbar. But uh, sanctification of the firstborn says the Likute Yoshua, Vishua Scheinfeld from Lublin, Raisi b'shem Sadegechad, and then New York, Kadashli, Hainu. Kadashli, sanctify for me, says Hashem, all firsts. Kol Bechar. Any firstborns, first moments. Hainu shaschala tzricha lios b'ktusha v'tara. Shemaschala tova, b'vadi yakola tova. We start off positive, or we start off strong, so then the rest falls into place. We follow from the beginning, and therefore we always have to make sure that haschalos are beginnings, beginnings of families, beginnings of, of um, seasons, beginnings of jobs, beginnings of any project. It has to be pure. And not only that, he continues, the beginning of every day, the beginning of every month, the beginning of every year. Judaism definitely has something to say about that. Beginning of the day, we have the longest davening, right, at the beginning of the day. Rosh Chodesh, beginning of the month. Rosh Hashanah, or Pesach, whichever month you uh, you choose. Uh, Tishrei or Nisan are both unique. Ubekumo baboker, yaschalas avodas yom b'kdusha. Reish is chachma yiras Hashem. We have to make sure that we start off our days. We've quoted in the past the story of Eliel Lapian, that even when he was a very... Uh, later on in years, and and he was uh, elderly. He still, when he got up in the morning, he forced himself to jump out of bed, jump out of bed, and start the day on the right foot. And they once asked him, you know, what what is it? like be machmer on everything, but why dafka that? He says, when I get up to Shemayim after 120, they're going to sit me at a table and they're going to open up a shulchan aruch. They're going to start going through the shulchan aruch. I don't want to get out on the first question. I don't want to get out on the first question. The first line of shulchan aruch. How do you wake up in the morning? Yisgaber ka'ari la'amod baboker la'avodes boro. Wake up like a lion. Even though it's interesting, because most of the time when you go to a zoo, lions are sleeping most of the day. But yisgaber ka'ari, when a lion is awake. Ka'ari la'amod baboker la'avodes boro. She'yehu ma'or ha'shachar. Okay, even if we're not ma'or the shachar, we're not davening before, uh, no, we're not getting up before Vasikin. But either way, that is the halacha to start off the day on the right foot. Start off properly, uh, get a lot done. Uh, in the mornings, the Mishnahis and Perkyavos talk about Shena Shal Shacharis, right, the best times. That's what we know in terms of, uh, schooling. In terms of schooling, we have the, uh, the Torah studies, uh, in many, in many, uh, schools in the morning because that's the, that's, that's the starting off. 
starting off in a certain way. And uh, that is Kaddish Li Kobachar. That's the message. All beginnings are crucial. Beginnings of marriages. Kaddish Li Kobachar. That's what there's a mitzvah of Shana Rishona. To sanctify the beginning of the marriage by making sure there's time is spent together and focuses on each other. Right? The beginning of, um, of any, of any item, of any item has to be, has to be pure. Say that when, when Velazhin, the different versions of the story, when Velazhin was started, Rahami Velazhin cried into the bricks as they were, uh, as they were being laid. Because he wanted to have the Messias Nefesh in the bricks itself and in the, in the building. And again, Velazhin as the, Source of all the yeshivas that have come since then, really, that is, uh, he was Makadesh, uh, and the beginnings were, were pure. Okay, so now let's get back to the beginning. Let's get back to Parshas Bo. Parshas Bo, the Torah tells us, Vayomer Hashem Amosha, we know we are in the middle of the Makos, seven and three. When we last met, we spoke about Barad, we spoke about the Kolos of Barad, like they were Kolos of Maimon Ar Sinai, but Hashem says to Moshe here, Getting ready for the Makkah of Arbe. Bo el paro ki ani echbadias libo vadav. Unusual key. What does that mean? Key. The ambiguous key. Because, right, we know key means four, four, uh, translations. I hardened his heart, vesleva vadav, laman shisi ososai ele bikirbo. So that I placed the signs, uh, bikirbo in, in him, in it. Bo el paro. So many mefarshim discuss the bow instead of lech. Come to Paro? I mean, come to Paro. Go to Paro. So why is it Boel Paro? What is that? Uh, where is he? Where is he going? Okay, Kadesh Baruch Hu is everywhere. So he says, come, but he's also sending. So says Rav Salvechik here in Source number two in Misara Saraf. Boel Paro. When Hashem chose Moshe, he was very reluctant to accept the mission. He argued with Hashem according to our tradition for seven full days. For a week, he didn't want to go. He considered himself unqualified to be the leader of the people at the front paro. He was too modest, too humble. In this regard, Hashem tells you to do something. Moshe, Hashem gets angry. Yes, anav mikaladam, and that's why I chose you, as we spoke about a little bit last week. But if Hashem says you have to do something, you have to do something. And am I worthy? Are they worthy? Says Rev Salvechik, there is a halachic principle that is active here. The halacha knows of two kinds of shlichus, two types of power of attorney and acting by proxy. Two types of shlichus, one is more common than the other. In most sugis and shas of shlichus, there is shlichus type one. A mishaleach, a sender, appoints a proxy, a messenger, to perform a task on his behalf. One type of shlichus is a purely formal juridic assignment given to a person. Number one, I send a person to do something and they do it. And the former, we'll we'll focus on the second one, the former is a practical institution designed simply to perform legal transactions by proxy. Quite often, one cannot attend to a business personally. A person in the days of old, be marry a woman, kiddushin, gerishin, mekachumemkarak, have shlichus for anything. This is a proxy, and that's shlichus shlodam kemoso, but it's shlichus. Through the shliach. Then there's a second type of shlichus. Where a mishaleach appoints a shliach, but not to the exclusion of himself. I'm appointing you a shliach to be with me. And I will be with you. Going back to the second. The other type of shlichus is personalistic and experiential. Now line 20. Personalistic. It is a relationship between two people who are united by a bond of friendship. 
Two people committed to the same destiny. Two people sharing in each other's travails and joys. I'm making you a shliach, so it's more of a teammate. It's more of a teammate than a shliach. So a teammate, you know, you can act for me. If you succeed, then we succeed. You're acting on my behalf. But it's not a shliach in the way we normally look at shlichus. Two people working for the same cause and confiding in each other. Two people living in an open, frank existence. Right? Teammates are appointed, but they're not separate from the mishaleach. Each of them may act in certain areas on the behalf of the other, even though the latter is right there and is capable of performing the same deeds on his own. Because each one can do it, but you do it on our behalf, even though I'm presently there. The second type of shlichus is the shlichus that HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu. He doesn't tell Moshe, go. Go and do my calling and report back to me how it went. It's not what HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu. Or to any Navi for that matter. And some Naviim had a very tough job in front of them. Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Right when he says the magic words, they believed him. Yes, they complained, they got worse. But if you look at some Naviim in history, some Naviim didn't want to be Naviim after a while. Yermiyo Anavi did not have an easy job. Yeshayo Anavi did not have an easy job. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to uh, encourage them and say, you're not there alone. You know, I'm with you. You're my shliach, but it's shliach type two. Shlichus, the personalistic type of shlichus, as Rav Salvechik calls it. The shlichus that it's more of a, now you're on my team and you can act on behalf of the team. The team is made up of Hashem and Moshe. Right, that's the team. But that is a team. The shlichus entrusted to a prophet belongs to the second category. Man unites with God, cleaves to God, and loves God with a great passion. He feels the hot breath of eternity upon his cold face. Only Rav Salvechik can write like this. This is why Hashem says, Bo el paro. Bo, come with me to paro. You'll be a mouthpiece, but we're going to do it together. There is a union between me and you. My thoughts will become your thoughts. My speech will break through you. You are the shliach tzibor and I'm the tzibor. And I'm united with you. And that was the shlichus of Bo el paro. Rav Salvechik in this piece doesn't mention it, but elsewhere he discusses that really each person in life is a shliach. We are each shlichim. We each have a shlichus to perform. As the saying goes, the day that we were born is the day that Hashem decided the world cannot exist another day without us. Because we each have something to accomplish. And we each have a shlichus that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends us to do. Right, and that's what we say on Yom Kippur, right? Based on the Gemara Masechah's brachas, Elokai, at shalom asarati chadai. I didn't have a shlichus before, and I wasn't born 200 years ago because I didn't have a shlichus then. And on Yom Kippur, we say, And now that I'm here, though, I haven't fulfilled my shlichus. But everybody has that shlichus, but it's shlichus type two. It's not a shlichus where Hashem says, I'm giving you all the tools, now you're in it alone. Every shlichus that we have, that we perform, Hashem is with us. And sometimes we feel it more than others, Sometimes we might feel that divine kiss when something works out that is obviously for, directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and other times not. But even if we don't feel it, we have to know it. Bo el paro. Bo el anything that we need to do in life, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there following the second type of shlichus, and that's how we, what we have to believe, and that's what we have to know in order to be able to succeed. 
Kodesh Baruch Hu gives us everything to succeed, all the tools, and in that way we are able to to uh, perform Hishlichus as part of his team. As part of his team. After all, that's what Rosh Hashanah is about. Right? We're being Mamlech the Mishaleach, but we're on the team. We're on a Kodesh Baruch Hu's team to be Mekadesh Shem Shamayim. Okay. Moving right along. So we get to the Make of Arbe. Arbe, each Make is unique. We spoke a little bit about the uniqueness last week of, of Tzvardeya, of Barad. And now we have Arbe. Arbe also is, um, is unique in its own way. What happens? Moshe warns Paro, if you don't let them out, Machar Arbe Begulach. Otherwise, you won't be able to see the land. They'll lead everything that was left over from the Barad. I mean, the end of Parshas Fa'era, we remember, like some of the, some of the, uh, growths are late bloomers, so they weren't hard yet, so they were soft. So anything left over, the Arbe is gonna take care of. Right, an Arbe that there was never anything like this Arbe. It's a Rashi quotes. Interesting to, uh, to put this together with the Arbe discussed in Sefer Yoel, as Rashi uh, discusses. The Arbe Sefer Yoel, four different types of Arbe for a number of years, for, for a long time, years, the type of Arbe. But Rashi discusses that. Maybe, you know, it was the only time that there was one type of Arbe with such destructive destruction. It's going to go into all of the houses and all of the servants. And, um, like it's never been seen before. This Arba has never been seen before, says Pasuk Vav. And then what happens? This is a warning. Moshe says, if you don't do this, this is going to happen tomorrow. And then what happens? And Moshe turns around and he storms out. Doesn't wait for an answer. Interesting, giving a warning, most of the time, like if you look at some of the other Makos, doesn't say that Moshe stormed out. It says that Paro didn't listen. Hashem hardened his heart, right in the 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 beginning, right by Yavayashal Moshe. Paro go tell him that uh, if you do not listen, then the Make of Dam is going to happen. Okay, he goes Yavayashal Moshe and then go tell Aaron. Doesn't say that he stormed out. And here Dafka. It says, So the Ramban picks up on that. The Ramban tells us, why did he storm out? Since they were very fearful of Barad, of the previous Makkah, He thought that this would be the demise. This way they would have no food left, they would starve to death. The he left before they had an answer to say yes or no. Kedei, why? It's kind of like the effect. He's going to run out, and what are they going to do? They're going to turn to each other. Was he serious? Oh my goodness, is that going to happen? We're not going to have any more food. Moshe was trying to get them to discuss. Moshe was trying to get them to talk about it. The MS Kenosu says about it, and that's exactly what happened. After we went with the next Pasik, after Moshe leaves. Vayomru Avde Parue love. Davada Paro say to Paro, How much longer are you going to be stubborn? An Masa Yezelanulamokesh, Shalachisan Hashim Yabdus Hashem Alokayam, let him go. Hatarim Tedak Yavdam Israim, we're done. Because the Arabs can eat the rest of the food, we have nothing left. Vayushavis Moshe Vazar. So what do they do? They bring Moshe Aaron back, right? Because they left. They left. That, that, that was the effect that he wanted. He wanted them to be in shock. He wanted them to be, sometimes when you leave, you're like, what just happened? 
right? That just as using human psychology to try to get them to to uh, to talk it out. So they brought back, and Paro said, okay, "Okay, okay, fine. Who's going? We'll get back to that." But this is the Ramban. Rav Simcha Zissel Broidi, Rabbi Friend quotes it, but after I made up the sheet, I uh, I got my hands on a Sam Derech, which is in the original. So I'm just going to read it, and then um, and then we'll get back to the Rabbi Friend's quote of it in source number four. Um, in the Sam Derech, which is his uh, his set, he says there are really two opposite messages that we learn from this Ramban. Two opposite messages. Again, you have it in the English on the sheets, and I'll read it to you from the Hebrew in the uh, in the original. There are two opposite messages. Then there are my friend is Mosef on the message. Why did he go out? Because he wanted them to talk to each other. Message number one that we learn is that other people's opinions, bouncing off ideas with someone else, is crucial for our growth, for pointing out mistakes of ours, for, for getting it right. That's what Moshe was trying to do. He was trying to let him get the message through talking to each other. Right, we are a gregarious being. Hashem made human beings as a social animal. Right, We want to connect to each other. That's part of who we are. But it's something positive when we connect in the right way. Right, he saw them kind of like maybe looking at each other as he was saying, he's like, I got them where I want them. And he turned around and he walked out. He walked out and didn't say anything. And that's the, and, and we know that even from the Pasuk in Malachi, at the end of Nevi'im. They'll talk to each other. As the Gemara Darshan's from there. The way that Hashem gives us a tool is to talk to each other. Obviously, there has to be somebody who has my values and somebody who's not going to bring me down. But if it's somebody that I connect to, so then that's a, that's a person that has to, that, that, that I would like to bring him up, and that's, that's how Hashem created us. She created us as social animals, and we have to make sure that we use it. And that's what Moshe was doing. That's what Moshe was doing. But, says Rav Simcha Zissel, you have the opposite idea as well that one has to keep in mind. There's another reason that Moshe Rabbeinu left. This is not Mephorish in the Ramban. This is his addition. There's another reason. Very often, and this is so... So deep and so true. Human beings, each of us, have a defense mechanism. That the second somebody starts pushing into us and getting to our core, we automatically, you know, deny. We automatically fight. We automatically become Oref because it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to be told off. It doesn't feel good to be pointed out my mistakes. As it says, as they say to Paro, the, the uh, stone heart has started to beat. And Paro says, no, Moshe, what do you want? Who's going? Right? But once he hears 
He closes up shop. Closes up shop. What do you see from there? Shuv hitavein halev. The hitavein from the word evan. The heart became stone again. V'nistimu ha'enayim. Pegiazu b'kvoto shal paro. Ha'efsharis lola kabel hatsaah shekiilu bob in a divus. Ora shuves ikshuso v'timtum libo. He was almost there. No. He screams at them and tells them to leave. There's a balance between telling somebody and pointing something out to another, right, tochacha, and going a little too far that a little tochacha might be something positive and constructive and allow a person to, to get out of it. But once, if we push a little too hard, it's the law of diminishing returns. Right? If we push too hard, so then it's, it's just going to drive the person into a defense mechanism and, and they're going to deny and they're going to push. And we have this all the time. When we know we have to you know, approach somebody about an uncomfortable situation or other people about us, what's the best way to approach? What's the best way that they don't feel you know, attacked? So they'll accept it because if somebody feels attacked, so then they're going to you know, fight it and they're going to stand up. So Moshe Rabbeinu had the balance of telling them, this is what's going to happen, and they're wrong, you have to recognize Hashem, and, and not, going, not going overboard. And that's a balance in life. So we have to hear from others, as he says. We have to be able to listen to others and go to others for advice. But we have to make sure that if we are the other, that we can't push too hard. Right? What does the Gemara say in Erechin? Nobody knows how to give proper tachacha. Right? Nobody goes. It's very hard. But it's very hard. You have to know how and when and who. So that's the sum derech. Rabbi Fran, though, adds on one hosafa to this thought, which is not in, in, uh, in the sum derech. And that is, how do we solve this challenge? How do we solve this problem of, of be, having to talk to somebody, but then they might push me down? Hashem created a solution. A solution of always having someone to give criticism and at the same time knowing that they love us and they're doing it for our, our best interests. And that, of course, is a spouse. It says it my friend on the bottom of page three. When we put these two human emotions together, we find ourselves in a terrible dilemma. On the one hand, we cannot see our own faults and foibles. We need others to point out when our logic is skewed. Right? We need someone else, and it's a good thing to have somebody else. On the other hand, we have a built-in resistance to others objectively critiquing our thinking. How do we surmount this paradox? How do we do this? It's, it's hard to hear it from somebody else. It says, Rabbi friend, Hashem created a solution. It's called a spouse. The Rabboni Shalom had to create someone who is enough not you to be able to see objectively what you cannot see, yet is enough you for the resistance to advice from outsiders not to kick in. So it's Ke'ilu, I'm getting it from myself even though it's enough outside myself, we are one, right? Neshama achas. But it's enough outside of the neshama to be able to, to take it. It doesn't mean it's always easy. It doesn't mean to always hear comments from a, uh, from a, from a spouse is easy, but that's, that's the job. That's our job for each other in a soft, loving, obviously, and kind way to be able to improve each other um, and, and give constructive Constructive criticism, and that's what uh, we have to look for. Chazal teach us that ishtokagufo, a wife is like oneself, which means the natural tendency to resist guidance does not have to kick in. At the same time, 
It's Ezer Kinegdo, as some of the Bali Musr say. Ezer by being Kinegdo. The greatest Ezer is by being Kinegdo, and that's what has to, uh, and that's what has to kick in, and that's the, the goal. The goal of a happy marriage is that, you know, there are two different personalities with two different strengths talking to each other, helping each other, and, uh, raising each other up to the, to the, to the level of the bias Naaman, uh, working together and trusting each other, and that's what we learned from this Ramban. Vayifan Vayetzi went out because he wanted them to talk about it, and he didn't want to talk too much um, in order to push, the, push them uh, down. He, talk, he talks in the continuation also. Uh, the Sheva Brachas talk about this Yotzer Ha'adam, right? This is said at a Sheva Brachas. Wouldn't this be more appropriate to say at a bris? Yotzer Ha'adam, when man is created. So the Rabbi Franz says, no, the point is that you know, we're not full Adam until we're married. What the Talmud and this blessing teach us, that a human without a wife is not a full Adam. The Gemara says that. And he's not a, a, a full person. Shari below Torah, shari below Simcha, because he cannot solve this great conundrum of life. Navigating the maze of needing an objective outside opinion to me does not have resistance. Right? We need it just naturally. Right? We, have, we don't have resistance. We do have resistance, but it's not, as, it's not an acher. It shouldn't be an acher. So there's resistance a little bit, but not enough to be able to not listen. And that is the messages. Uh, it is only once a person has someone in his life whose advice he will not spurn that he's considered a complete person because that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants and that's how we achieve our goals. Okay. Moving right along. So Paro comes and says, okay, I'm ready. Who's going? Miva miyahochem. Vayamre Moshe. Moshe says, glad you asked. Everybody. Binarenu uviskenenu neilech. So years ago we spoke about the Klayakar, which we're going to review, but in short, and then the Klayakar is a little longer, what was Paro really asking? Paro did not expect everybody to go. You obviously see that from his reaction. Right? From his reaction, he says, No! Lochain! Take the men! Take the Gvarim! By Garishosam, Paro says, I'm, I'm being nice, look what you're, t- you're doing. You want everything. So why did Paro only think the Gvarim? What's the root issue, the root machlokas here between the Hashkafa of Paro and the Hashkafa of Am Yisrael? Says Rav Sternbach in the Tambadas, and then we'll go back 400 years. Paro kechol chachmei umos olam, Like all wise men of other nations, daito, does God listen equally to every single person? God is so high, so up there. He listens to little old me. I have a direct connection. No, the great, the big people. Right. Who serves HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Who has to be a religious person? Right? The clergy. Let the clergy be religious people. The average man doesn't have to be so religious. That's what he is. Which, which rabbis are going? Pyro was asking. Because after all, isn't religion specifically for them? Not for the average man? And Moshe says, no. That's not how our religion works. Every Jew... And that's maybe also, parenthetically, why Karban Pesach was for every Jew. 
because that's the message. The message is just like in Mitzrayim, it was the Kohanim. The Kohanim in Mitzrayim, right, with Yosef, the Kohanim, he didn't take their land, but Moshe and Hashem had to teach us through Moshe. When it comes to Am Yisrael, it's everybody. Everybody has to eat a kazayas. Call base Yisrael, we're in Lisboach. Ben Arenu, Vizkanenu, Nelech. Bivanenu, Bivanaseinu. Lahodos l'ashem al-chasad of Shashomar al-inu, Begalus. And this is what, this is what he says. He says it's even alluded to in Hallel. Rom al-kol goyim Hashem, al-ashamayim kevodo. Hashem is so raised up, al-ashamayim kevodo. Shetainas al-goyim, but the goyim say, Rom al-kol goyim, al-ashamayim. He's all the way up there. Shamayim kevodo. And what do we say? Mik Hashem alokeinu, Hamagbihi Lashaves, but also Hamashpili Liros Bashamayim Uvaaretz. It's not just Alashamayim Kivodo, it's Bashamayim Vaaretz. And he's with us. So what's the conversation according to the the Rav Sternbach Tamvadas? Well, only only the men, only the clergy. No, no, no. Everybody's going. Miklayakar, again, we did this a number of years ago. He has a a deeper idea. He asks, what, what's the mi vami? What's the double nelech, the chulu? Paro was asking a little different answer, just to, re- to remind ourselves. Mivami, Paro is saying, Mivami Ahochim, look to the right, look to the left. Who usually sacrifices and serves? Mivami Ahochim, look around at the world. Who are, who, who are the religious leaders? Right, line 13. Paro Losha, we're not going to review the questions again. Paro Losha, Moshe, Misha Yelech, Elagazar, Bevadevo Yechem, Gazacharim, Yodagan Lizbalach, just the men. Why? Because look around the world, and that's who goes. That's who goes. No, b'chol shotadu, b'chol kitzvei olam, puk chazi, mayama debar. See what the minog is. Mivamim, taiminu vintasmiilu, liros, b'chol makom anog, misha darkom lelech v'lizboach. And that's why he says, miyamiyah holchim, not yelchu. Who goes in the world? And Moshe says, yeah, but that's not, that's not us. Right? We have our religion, our family. Our family. Don't leave the little kids at home. Religion starts from a very young age. Very young age. Remember the uh, the, uh, the story, I think it's in the Yerushalmi, uh, that the uh, one of the Amorayim, right, his, his mother brought his crib to the base madrash. His crib to the base madrash. What do you bring the crib to the base madrash for? It goes in. Okay, I assume he wasn't disturbing the other people learning there, but but it goes in. Right? When does education start? It starts at a young age. Right, and that's Miva Mi, Bin Arenu Ubivizkainu. As the Pasik says, Bin Arenu Vizkainu Nelech, Bivanenu, Bivanosenu, Bitsonenu, Vikarenu, all the animals also. Chagashem Lanu, when it comes to us, because Chagim and experiences in Judaism are family affairs. Family affairs. And simpleton affairs. And Tamid Chachamav, it's everybody. Moshe Rabbeinu has the same exact mitzvot. Well, I'm not a lady, but. As a Yisrael, you know, same mitzvah says as everyone else, right? Everybody has. Doesn't matter how much uh, how much Torah one knows, and Torah is open to everybody. And every sefer is open to everybody, and that's what we have to say. Miva mi paro got it wrong, but we know exactly um, what it's about. Good. And then a little bit later in the parsha, again, there's so much to talk about. We're going to skip now. We get to the first mitzvah that we were given as an am. Perak yud beis. Says the Torah, Hachodesh Hazel Lachem Rosh Chadashim, Rishon Ulachem Lachashi Hashana. The calendar. Setting up the calendar. So, this is a mitzvah, I think we might have touched on this in a different parsha in the past, this Ha'ara. 
but um, it is uh, well worth repeating. The Rambam in Hilchas Hilchas in, in Mrs. Asay Kufnun Gimel Mitzvah Asay one fifty three. The Rambam counts the mitzvah of Kiddush Achodesh. This mitzvah Achodesh is Alchem setting up a calendar. Shetzivanu source number ten. Shetzivanu Yisbarach lekadesh chadashim or lechashev chadashim v'shanim. V'zui Mrs. Kiddush Achodesh. Again, there are big discussions. How many mitzvahs? Kiddush HaChodesh, Yibar HaShana. Um, which members, uh, who is it mitzvah on? Do you need members of the great Sanhedrin of 71? Is it by any other Sanhedrin? All different details, which we're not going to get into uh, at, this, uh, at this point. But the Rambam says, on line 18, V'da, sh'achesh b'nazeh nimna oso hayom, v'chesh that we do, v'neidabo, rashi chadashim v'hamoadim, the chesh that we do today, says the Rambam, sitting in... Uh, Spain, Morocco, or Egypt, says the Rambam. EF uh, The setting up of the calendar only in Eretz Yisrael. If there were the greatest rabbis of the generation were not in Eretz Yisrael, as long as they had smicha and they had been in Eretz Yisrael, then you could be ma'aber shonim as the Gemara tells us about Rabbi Akiva. But then he says at the top left, Ubikan Shoresh Gadol Ma'od Misharsha Ha'emuna. Says the Rambam, there's an, there's an Emuna nugget that I have to say over here. Lo lo daito amuka. You have to be real deep to understand this, uh, this message. Vizeshe Yosenu Hayom Bechutz Lares Bonim Bevelechas Ibor Shebiadenu. We are not acting in a in an active way, says the Ramban, that we're making it Rosh Chodesh, or any Bezdin today in Chutzla Aris is making it Rosh Chodesh. It was the Bezdin years ago. Why do we have Rosh Chodesh Bismanazeh? Why do we have Chagim Bismanazeh? Because they years ago were Makadeshit, the best in Eretz Yisrael. However, they did it. Are figuring things out, are having a calendar as a gilui of what they did. But we don't have the authority or the power to do it. But it comes from them. And then the Ramam adds on one more. Let me add. It goes back to the Sanhedrin in the days of old in Eretz Yisrael. But the Ramam says. It is the presence of Jews in Eretz Yisrael today that Ke'ilu stand in for the great Sanhedrin of years ago. Ilu Efsher Derech Marshal, says the Rambam. Let's say, hypothetically, Ilu Efsher Derech Marshal, Shebnei Eretz Yisrael, Yedarom Eretz Yisrael, that the Jewish people would not be in Eretz Yisrael. Um, skip the next two lines for a moment. And there were no Jews in Israel, and there were no Bezdin outside. Okay, there's a halacha that he's talking about here, which we're not going to get into deeply, but he's talking about the center of Kiddush HaChodesh has to be Eretz Yisrael. This is one of those halachas, a separate shear, that have nothing to do with the land, mitzvah satuliyas ba'aretz. This is not truma, meiser, um, bikurim, but there is a certain group of halachos that have to do with Eretz Yisrael, even though they are not connected. Egla arufa and smicha 
and Parhalam Dabar Shal Tzibur, number of halachas that are go by the Tzibur of Eretz Yisrael. But what's pointed out, the Eimah Badim Smecha here points us out, quoting earlier Achronim, uh, the two lines that we skipped. The Ramam says, if, if hypothetically there wouldn't be any Jews in Eretz Yisrael, then dot, dot, dot. The Ramam is writing a halachic sefer. And yet the Rambam adds in ten words because he can't stop himself. The Rambam says, again, now we'll read it. He said it's never going to happen. So the Ram has to throw that in. He has an emotional, visceral reaction to what he just said. If there wouldn't be any Jews in Eretz Yisrael, Chas V'Shalom should never happen, Hashem promise it's never going to happen. Then dot, dot, dot. The Eim HaBadim Smeicha is Mosef. If I tell us Mosef on this, he says, you see how the Ramam feels. You see how the Ramam feels. Right, line 19 now. Fatamu l'dayti ki Eretz Yisrael hu leiv ha'uma. This is the heart. Eretz Yisrael is the heart of the nation. He quotes this from earlier, the Chacham Svi and others, to below Levi Efshal Lushum Bir Yelichios. Without the heart, the organism can't live. Our calendar can't function, right? Which is the nation without B'nai Eretz, B'nai Yisrael, in Eretz Yisrael. Umemeila, Kishelo Yu Yisrael Eretz Yisrael, Havi Kenital Alevu Bata Kalachias. We lose our life support. We lose our heart. Because the heart of Am Yisrael is an Eretz Yisrael. And it doesn't say how, you know, the, their level of observance, just as a Jew in Eretz Yisrael. Esav, Yaakov was worried that Esav was going to get Yishev Eretz Yisrael points and keep it up aim. Yishev Eretz Yisrael points? Esav, what did he do in Eretz Yisrael? Did he do any mitzvot besides keep it up aim? Just being there. Just being there, that itself is the is the uh, the message. And he continues on the next page. Look at 12 for a second where it's underlined. As he writes the line, He's arguing in the context on the Megillus Esther, who suggested that the Rambam, the reason he doesn't count it in the Sefer Mitzvahs, is because it's not a Mitzvah. Ruba the Ruba of the Achronim argue on that. It's clear from many other Rambams, ten other Rambams that he does hold that it's a Mitzvah Daraisa, Bismanazeh. He includes it in some other Mitzvah and for some reason doesn't count it. But there are, uh, but he in this context is saying, how could you say not if the Rambam has this reaction, uh, in this, uh, regards? And he says that he quotes also from, uh, Rav Yonadov Bloomberg on, uh, tw- on line 21, Kamila Mimilas Chalila. It has nothing to do with the context that he's talking about. But the Rambam started shaking when he wrote it. The Rambam, the rationalist, had to put that in. There are certain emotions, very unusual, but once in a while we see the emotion of the Rambam coming through. Besides in the letters, but in, the, in his halachic works. There's another time, if you remember, uh, we mentioned it years ago, in, in uh, Hilchas Paraduma, where the Rambam quotes a Mishnah in Para, and he says there'll be ten, there will be ten Paradumas. They've already been nine, already been nine. He talks about when was the first, when was the second, when was three through nine, and then the Rambam says, and the fourth Paraduma will come when Mashiach comes, Mehera Yigale, Mehera Yigale. This is Mishnah Torah. This isn't a letter that he's signing off. This isn't a Dvar Torah he's talking about to Mincha Meyer, Vimir Vimeno Amen. 
This is Mishnah Torah forevermore. The eternity. And the Ramah has to add in because Tzipisal Yeshua is, is, is in his heart. And the love of Yisrael is in his heart and Tzipisal Yeshua is in his heart. And therefore the Ramah can't pass up the opportunity to say that this is what this is what I um, this is what I need to do, and this is what I believe, and this is what I'm going to this is what I'm going to say. Okay, there's a lot more there. Feel free to look at the Imam Smecha, but um, we'll continue. So we have the carbon pesach. The carbon pesach, that carbon pesach, the first one had a lot of unusual halachos that didn't apply to all the other years. There was some that applied, as we know, but there are many mitzvahs that are not counted in the Sefer Mitzvahs because they're not eternal. Putting the blood on the doorposts, right? That didn't happen in years after. When Yeshua bin Nun, right, made everybody eat Karim Pesach, and these of Chizkiyo HaMelech, right? They didn't, they didn't put the blood on the, on the mashkof. That was specifically for them. V'lachum and Adam, but also al she'a mezuzos, v'la mashkof, ala batim. V'yachlos ha'basar b'layla hazeh, tzliye so matzos, amorom yochluhu. That's eternal. Right, roasted. Al tochli menuna uvashem vushem amayim kiim sliyesh, as we know. Velo tzasir mimenu ad boker, and do not leave it over. But nozmen ad boker beishes rofu. Whatever's left over, you have to burn. So that's eternal. Next pasuk. Vikachal tochlu also, and this is how you have to eat it. Masnechem chagurim, naalechem baraglechem, umakelchem biyedchem. So that's not eternal. What you not allowed to wear slippers? When you eat the Karim Pesach, may everybody base a Migdash, we'll eat Karim Pesach this year, we're going to relax. We're not going to have to have to have on our money, on our knapsacks, we're not going to have to have our walking sticks in our hand. Right, so that again, that's a temporary mitzvah. So there is a drush that Rabbi Yosef Nechem Yekornitzer has. It's a drush on this Pasuk. Masnechem chagurim, have your belts on. Nalechem breiklechem, have your shoes on. Have your walking sticks ready. Those three phrases. That's what he tells us uh, in Source 14. As we know, there are many different levels of understanding Torah, at least four. Pshad, Remus, Rosh, and Sod. So this is, this is Drush. First phrase. Masnechem chagurim. You have to have your belts on. What's the message of having the belt on? Yesh lafarish b'derach remez musr, kibim mitzrayim nishtaku kol we didn't, we didn't, in Mitzrayim, when we were in Mitzrayim at that point, we just didn't have, we didn't eat properly, we didn't function properly, we were just, you know, physically getting by, but that's it. From our belt on down, there's no difference between man and animal. Right, you made an animal from the belt on down, we're the same. Right, and that's, if you think about it, right, animals walk on all fours, most animals. So we, up till our waist, we're just like the animal. That's the back, our back, our back legs, our legs. But that's like the back. It's only because the top part of animals up, that's, that's, that's different. But it's not only physically different, but it's what it symbolizes and what's in it. The heart and the brain. Kinasan lo Hashem leiv mevin lachshov machshavos. The chelak elchem imal b'mocha beruch mamalo ravavim befiu. Omei aroi shachelak el yim shalatachton. Ultimately, the best, the ideal, is for the upper part of our body to be moshel, to rule over the bottom part of my body, and in that way 
be in total control. And he said that's alluded to even to Rosho al Kra'av al Kirbo, alluded to in how we keep the carbon. But at least, even if it's not going to be Moshel, there should be a Hefzik. There should be a Hefzik. As we go out of Mitzrayim, Hashem teaches us the first message. You can't be like an animal. Put your belts on. Masnechem chagurim. The belt is a separation. Right? We know the Chazavet and Alacha. Libo roa es ha'erva. Right? We need a separation. The belt, that's the source, the ultimate source of a garto. Uh, again, as one for tefillah, but again, even as long as one is wearing uh, a proper elastic, either belt or uh, undergarment, but again, there's some type of separation. That's minimum to be different than animals. Obviously, the best is to be Moshel, but at least, maybe at that stage, we just needed the at least, based on the level that we were on. Number one. But then we have number two. Number two, what's the next phrase? Keep your feet, keep your shoes on your feet. So, he says, there are other sources that Amisol is compared to a body. The whole Am is like a body. The Tamadich Achamim, our greatest leaders, are, our he- are the heads. Next leaders, maybe they're the hearts, the shoulders. We keep going further and further down. Until we get to the simpletons, the Amehaaretz, whoever it is, the Raglaim. The Raglaim all the way down. The Kvaramati Lamala, line 22. Semel Demus Kulo. And ultimately, you can't have the, obviously, the Raglayim be Mashpia on the ones above. But you can't have those who are in the heads and the hearts forget about the ones that are on the bottom. You can't just, like, have them barefoot. Shoes on the feet symbolize that even the head, they're, they're taking care of the ones on the bottom. They're not leaving them out to the elements. Don't be misarev. You have the belt, but line top, top left. They'll just forget about their door. They won't care about them. That you can't do either. You have to make sure that you care about them and you focus on them and you're bashpia on them. Line 17. No, be malbish them too. Cover them with Torah and mitzvot and hashpah. How do you do that? The makel of education. The makel of teaching. The makel doesn't exactly say this part, but um, that's, the, that's the way that one does it. So we have to be separated. Libo in Rosa Erva. But to make sure that our, our upper half is being Moshe or at least separate from the bottom half, but then we can't forget those in a second meaning. We can't forget those of the nation that are not with us. And how do we do that? By hopefully educating them in the proper way. He says the Makel symbolizes the Dinim and the Xeros of, uh, of the Rabbanon. But either way, the, uh, the laws that they make to be able to properly keep everybody um, on the straight and the, uh, and the narrow. Okay, one final point. One final point, again, Parsha's bow. This is the Parsha that we start getting into Mitzvahs. Right, this is the first Parsha. The first, but we've been waiting a long time. Right? There's been only three Mitzvahs in Sefer Bracious and none so far in, in Shmos. Here we go. 
Bo, Bishalach has not too many. Yisro has some, Mishpatim, and then we start. Then, then uh, the floodgates open. The floodgates open. So we have, towards the end of the parsha, as we mentioned, we have the Mitzvah of Tefillin. Mitzvah of Tefillin. And the Pasuk tells us, Right, it should be an os on your hand. And a zikaron between your eyes. Right, it's one of the lama'an mitzvos, as the Bach calls them in Simen Tafresh Chafei. Says the Rashbam on this Pasuk, Source 15 quotes it, Lufi omek pshuto, zikaron tamid, ki ilu yadcha. What does it mean? It should be a zikaron bein enecha, and you're an os al yadcha. It should be an os on your hands, ki ilu, it was written on your hands. It, the tefillin, should be a sign on your hands, ki ilu, it was written on your hands. That's what the Rashbam says. Ezra Schwab. We know what Chazal say about this pasik. V'chalaroa yishtomim alamara. Anyone who sees this Rashbam would be in shock. Chazal tell us, we're talking about the tefillin shalyad. And what does it say here? What does it say? The pashas of the Pasuk is, you shall tell your children, because of this, you went out of Mitzrayim, and you should write it, it should be a sign on your hand. What, what does that mean? You should remind them constantly, Zechir, Zechir, Mitzrayim, Ke'ilu was written on their hands. But Chazal says, this is talking about tefillin. So what's the Rashbam talking about? Says the Mayan Beis HaShoeva, says Rabbi Schwab. We know the Gemara tells us in Yavamas Tafchaftalid, there's only one exception to Eina Mikra Yosemite Pshuto. Only one exception by Yibum, Habachorash Teli. Other than that, it's every, every Pasuk has Pshat. The Ramban writes in one place. It doesn't say Eina Mikra Elapsho. It says Eina Mikra Yosemite Pshuto. But there is a Pshat. There is a Pshat level of every Pasuk in Chumash. And he quotes from the Rashbam at the beginning of Vayeshev. That's a much-discussed Rashbam. The Rashbam writes at the beginning of Vayeshev that he spoke to his grandfather, Rashi, when he got older. And, and he said, my grandfather admitted to me that if he had to do it again, he would write an, uh, his commentary over again, closer to the Pshuta Shalmikra. That might be a little different than the other Misora story that we've said over, over the Rashbam's brother, Rabbi Nutam, who said, I could fathom how Rashi wrote his commentary on Shas. I can't fathom how he wrote his commentary on Chumash. Which we were like, whoa, we can't fathom either. But if we would have said it in the opposite direction, so two brothers about the Misora, about the uh, about Rashi al Torah. But either way, says, says Rabbi Nutam, says Rav Shwab, what's the message of this Rashbam? Of course, Chazal or Chazal. Rashbam is not arguing on Chazal. You know, some take the Rashbam to task and say, how could he say this? And Rashbam's not writing a Shulchan Aruch here. Rashbam's giving us messages of the Pshuta Shalmikra. There were even those that, that wanted to write a commentary or translations and they would leave out some of Rashbam's because they're, they're, they seem somewhat dangerous. This is the Rashbam, Rashi's grandson, Rabbi Nutam's brother. And we have to recognize that he was a halachist, but not in his commentary. And says the Rashwab, through the Pshutel Shalmikra, we can learn messages also. Not Chas V'Shalom, to do something against Halacha or Chazal, but to learn messages. Right? He doesn't quote it, but even though the Gemara says in Shabbos that Kolomer and David Chate Inola Toa, whoever says David sinned is making a mistake, but 
the Navi writes it in a certain way to teach us something. The Chaita Egel, the Rabbi Gomar says, they, they weren't Roy to do the Chaita Egel, but it was just because to teach Shuva for the later generations. But it was still written in a certain way to teach us something. So says Rishwab. It could be just parenthetically. It could be one exception. This is not for us now. Shira Shira might be an exception. Shira is a Rashi in that Dhamma of Rashi. The Shira Shira. It could be that Shira Shira is an exception. Maybe there's no Pshuto Shomikra in a certain sense in Shira Shira because it's all a Marshal. Again, that's not for now. But generally, it's uh, there's pshat. When you're omek, when you d- delve into the pshat, there are there are uh, many different levels of understanding. And he quotes many other examples of this. And he says, for example, on, line, on the, the next column, the kato says kappa, cut off her hand, it means money. But why does it say that? Why does it say that? Vayisach sameach. What does that mean? Ach is an exclusion. But also it means be happy. Right, I gave you the Rambam. The Rambam in Hilchas Chovel Mazik, at the beginning of Chovel Mazik, the Rambam talks about ayin tachas ayin, shein tachas shein, an eye for an eye. The Rambam says, we don't do that. Money. But why does it say an eye for an eye? Because it's in lieu. We should feel ki'ilu. We should feel as if there's a message. Does it mean to be Chovel? It just means So there's always a message from the Pshutal Shomikra. So again, obviously, we interpret based on Chazal. There are messages of the Pshat. It doesn't mean that we can, again, we spoke years ago about learning the, the phrase that's talked about Tanakh Begova Einayim. We have to be very, very careful about this. Very careful to have Chazal's Hashkafa even if we don't give Chazal's Pshat to the to the um, to the pusik, but we have to make sure that it's done in a way of kavod and done in a way that Chazal would approve of. Let's just say it that way, right? Even if we interpret the pshutal shomikra as Rashwab says we need to do uh, to a certain extent, we have to make sure that we do it in a way that Chazal would approve of our approaches and uh, following the tradition of. All Mepharshim learning messages from uh, from the Psukim and from the Pshat, Medashem, we should uh, be zochet to be able to uh, interpret Torah uh, with one of the uh, Shivan Panim that is uh, out there. Okay, we'll stop here. And again, Medashem, next week there's not going to be a Shir. I'll be traveling, so we'll pick up uh, next time.